0: This game's a disaster
1: yeah i feel like you could be done wrong really badly on, on nes games because there were so mm-hmm. many that were total
0: garbage poor quality yeah, yeah. so I... much for that stamp of approval liar
1: <laughs> the seal <laughs>
0: the nintendo seal that's oh. basically yeah we'll print money here
1: it'll run maybe
0: mm-hmm Welcome back to another episode of Starfield with Normal People. Hey everyone, my name's Dwayne, and I'm here with my friend Michael. Michael, what is happening, buddy?
1: Oh, uh, just another another beautiful day. I just thought a nice way to spend that beautiful day is walking through a garden. In fact, a rooftop garden. Really? More specifically... The small rooftop garden on top of the lodge in Sky in Starfield. See, I almost said Skyrim. That's
0: funny. I I just <laughs> found that. Yeah. I've never been up there until like this. It's funny you bring that up. Like we did not talk about this. Yeah. And for the first time ever, I went up on the top of the lodge, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's such a small thing, and there's really like gameplay-wise, there's no reason to go up there. But I uh, yeah saw mm-hmm. a post about that that somebody noticed 800 hours into the game that there was a little a little garden on top of the lodge. It's a nice place to go to, to think. To ponder life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really makes me think about what I just said. There's no gameplay reason to go up there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yet.
1: Right. Yet.
0: but <laughs> Soon we will start a statistic and satanic ritual where we bring back Loved ones that were lost in the storyline. Ah, yeah. Through heinous uh, rituals (laughs) up on the rooftop of the lodge. That'd be great. And then there's always something a little off about them. There's just something not quite Mm -hmm. right. You just don't bring people back from the dead without, you know, a personality change here and there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and them trying to kill you in your sleep. Those two things. (laughs) You know, whenever someone says, there's no gameplay
1: reason for this, and it's just like, welcome to Bethesda games because
0: it's all about it's all about role play baby but how disappointed are you when you play a game and there is a gameplay reason for everything so that actually molds how you play the game like you're like well now that i know the rules of this game and that everything means something and does something it can lead you down a path of frustration like especially if there's a bug in the game or if there's a, a thing that they randomly included that breaks that rule so then you're moving a box around expecting it to open a door, for example, or, or you know. Right. I think we, we've, we've <laughs> talked about this before, where you're shooting a red barrel and one particular red barrel just doesn't explode.
1: Yeah, it's like, what did you do? You changed the rules of the world. So disappointing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a stern talking to, to whoever, whatever dev did that, trust me.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Like I've seen games where like the exploding barrels were yellow and I'm just like, <laughs> ugh. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> How dare you? Yellow? That makes no sense. Yellow should be like maybe toxic waste. Yeah. Like green is toxic waste yeah. or like a cloud of noxious, you know, gas. But yellow, that's very ambiguous. That's like a, a yellow stoplight. Do you speed up or do you slow down? No one knows. I know. Yeah, nobody knows. So they do both. There's no, there is no law for yellow lights whatsoever. The, I looked it up. The person in the Prius in front of me knows they slow down (laughs) yeah they 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 don't speed up so that one person does know yeah the person behind you though that they want they want
1: to speed up and they want you to speed up
0: they want to drive through your back window and drive over the top of you yeah to get through for sure speaking of executions um (laughs) that's right we were talking about that (laughs) that should be all of our segues like we
1: should have yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm down if you want to mm-hmm. make that our, our segue going forward. Speaking of executions, hey, what, by the way, what's your favorite execution method? Like if you were an executioner, mm. like what would be your preferred, uh, you know, method? I'm glad somebody finally asked me that question because I think about it
1: so much. Um, <laughs> well, let's see, if we're if we're going traditional, like being an executioner, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the giant axe
0: with a really really I know immediately what you're talking about
1: yeah the classic (laughs) beheading Mm -hmm. but not with a sword that that just a long handle with a really wide axe blade very medieval
0: yeah from a physics standpoint it makes total sense because you have a long axe or long lever yeah And so you get a lot of momentum, so you'll get a nice clean beheading. Yep. Even if your blade is fairly blunt, just the sheer angular momentum of the blade coming down will lop off uh, pretty much anyone's head. I think that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. We think a lot about these kind of things. Does that mean we're... (laughs) Are Are we psychopaths? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Can't say that I do, although I do feel electrocutions are particularly evil. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. If I was evil, yeah, that would be my method right there. But if I was who's the guy from Game of Thrones, uh, Sean Bean, that Sean dies Bean. in everything that he's in. Yeah. I mean, his method of just, you know, lopping a dude's head off over a stone is, is probably the way I would go. hmm. Give me a nice broadsword and I'm good. Yeah.
1: Well, now we we were talking about executions, but yeah, apparently execution animations are actually in the game of Starfield, but what? not not for you though, but a <laughs> not for me, not for you, and not for the players. Mm. Somebody actually posted a video on Reddit. Mm-hmm. They see. Uh, Sarah Morgan run up to an enemy and do a full like suplex, like stabby stab or she throws them to the ground. I, I, mm. This is a big topic for people that played Skyrim because Skyrim would have these execution animations, which, mm-hmm. okay, sure, they, they did get repetitive, but I always liked having them, especially like when you would shoot an arrow and it would if it was gonna, you know, hit, usually or even get close. Sometimes it will slow down, and it's it almost becomes like using Vats in, in Fallout. Mm-hmm. You and I didn't even know that there are execution animations in Fallout Four, but you have to activate it yourself.
0: Uh, I guess. If, yeah, you yeah. were saying like you double tap the you know action button, or yeah, It's like, like the, the power the, um,
1: power attack button, the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, if you are going to do enough damage that it will kill them. You can yeah double click the power attack, and it will do an
0: animation. And I've, n- I've never done it. I absolutely have played tons of Fallout Four. I've never done it. I can't say I have either. I mean, you have three times as many hours as, as I do in Starfield, and have you ever seen Sarah Morgan do a finish him move? <laughs> uh, no. Finish him. Finish him. I haven't, or if, I just haven't noticed.
1: I guess I'm I'm not really like I'm usually in the battle, so I'm not really watching them. Uh, do their thing.
0: You're basically vacation dad. You're always 10 steps ahead of the entire family. <laughs> like leading the way yeah. to Disneyland. And, come on, come on, family. Oh, man. Everyone's like running to catch up with you in your airport walk. That's so That's so me.
1: I'm, like just everywhere we go, I'm just a fast walker.
0: I don't know what it is. Well, if you don't lead, then everyone just stands in, around in a circle. <laughs> like people make fun of like the dad vacation mode. But honestly, if you're not out out in front, yeah, blazing a path of glory, (laughs) then, you know, your family's just going to be like wandering around like uh, fireflies floating around a campfire.
1: Yeah, no, generally, it's like that. But then um, definitely my wife is, she's the planner, so she'll have the whole plan. Mm -hmm. But yeah,
0: once I I know where to go, it's like, all right,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: here we go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Beeline. My point is that Sarah's behind you, so you never notice because you're always out in front blazing and and shooting. And then she's presumably behind you mopping up you know at least in my as a melee build i'm obviously right up to the enemy yeah
1: you're running in yeah you know
0: yeah so i'm not seeing rarely am i seeing the in uh the companion do anything
1: yeah apparently people didn't i guess they didn't like the animations the kill animations in skyrim like that's what i've I've heard I am always surprised mm-hmm. when there's something that I like in a game and then I never think to look it up until it's not in the next game like we don't have it anymore so I'm like why is this in here oh a bunch of people hated it what okay so I, I had no idea that I guess people had a problem with it every time you kill a wolf in Skyrim it like does like one of two animations
0: that would definitely get repetitive yeah so I get it. Although, how many times are you killing wolves? I mean, I haven't played a whole lot of Skyrim. Are you are you a killing lot. wolves? Like, yeah, a lot. Okay. Yeah, in the main. Yeah, that's annoying. In the main
1: area around White Run, there's always tons of them. Uh, so it can mm-hmm. get annoying. I don't know. It's not too bad though. I, I think Fallout Four. It's funny. It sounds like they did it a good way, where you have a choice to do it. I just never knew you could do it. So once again, Bethesda's like got this mechanic that they're like, we're not going to tell you about it. If you figure it out, good for you. So maybe I should do a melee build. <laughs> he said. Mm. He said. Getting deja
0: vu of several weeks ago when I made a melee build in Starfield. Fallout with Vats, it's a completely different animal. It's way more fun. Yeah. I will admit. Yeah, melee build. So yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I'll have to do that then. I yeah, that's true. I mean, I I have you know I've done some. I actually Fallout Three. Oh man, after I did uh, the Alaska DLC, I definitely was rocking the Chinese stealth suit and the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing is
0: OP big time. Oh, like I did not so take good. that off the rest of the game because it's like, yep. once you put it on, you're like, ooh, this, this is amazing. It's, it's the best. Is that the best uh, DLC of all time for any game? Hmm. It's amazing. It is
1: amazing to me. I remember it being controversial because it was Fallout. Everything is interactable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? We talk about you pick everything up, and that was one of the few DLCs where, because it was virtual reality, mm-hmm.
0: you didn't pick up anything. Spoiler.
1: I think. You, I think you no, know. No, they tell you <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of the mission. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you don't. It was. It was. It was actually so weird where you would go in and you didn't pick things up. You didn't save things. You just went, Mm -hmm. you killed dudes and they dropped and you didn't loot them. And you know what? Some people didn't like that. I was like, man, this is kind of freeing.
0: Mm -hmm. You're not spending literally half your playtime going through inventory and searching and prioritizing worthless objects that you probably will never look at again. And don't get me wrong, I love that about Bethesda games, but I've actually sort of done
1: that myself. So mm-hmm. as you know, often when we put out this podcast on on YouTube, if I've got if I've got time, I will go and I'll play the game just to get gameplay clips. And what's funny is I will actually force myself to to in order to get really cool clips, I'll run around and Kill enemies, and I don't loot them. Like I'm just trying to keep the action going. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's kind of mm. it's kind of fun. Like once you're far enough in the game, where you don't need to loot people constantly for bullets and money, like mm-hmm. it's it's nice to kind of just stop doing that.
0: Um, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I saw a funny post earlier this week. It was a guy playing the game who basically said, why do I leave amazing weapons that are worth thousands of credits on corpses? But yet I spend five minutes trying to pick up cred sticks that are like placed on top of another (laughs) movable object, like a book where if you, you could accidentally pick up the book instead of the three cred sticks, which are like neatly placed right on top of the book.
1: Oh man, that's funny.
0: And by the way, I am fully aware that it is a generational thing for me to explain memes to people. I know that's <laughs> that's cringe. No, I, I. I mean, it's a podcast, so you have to. Explain. No, you have to because it's a <laughs> memes are yeah. a visual medium. Thank you. Yeah. No, you're good. I got some memes to explain to you later, Michael. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you one-on-one, and I'll start showing you my phone. First off, I'm gonna scroll pictures on my phone. Yeah. No. And don't then even I'm show explain me. Explain a bunch of memes no, to you. Don't
1: show me. Yeah. Just, just next time you see a good meme, call me. <laughs> just call me up and tell yeah, me. Yeah, I'll call it. you. <laughs> That's so funny because I'm, I'm always trying to streamline my game, and but yeah, man, I see those cred sticks.
0: Oh boy, I gotta pick them up again. You gotta you gotta move the decimal. If it's 136, it's really like 13. And the the great equalizer is walk up to indie, any vending machine in the game. It's like 76 credits yeah. for a drink. Yeah, that tells you right there what a hundred and you know or 200 cred cred stick is really worth your time It's not really worth your time. I still pick them up though
1: I okay now that we're talking about this I have a gripe about cred sticks that I always think about when I'm playing the game and then I'm like I gotta talk about this on the podcast mm-hmm. and then we get together and we forget I forget here we go why is it that every other object that I can pick up, have you noticed that Starfield does this thing where your reticule does not have to be exactly on an object. If it's nearby, it will like highlight. Mm. It'll have that little, the call out line or whatever. Right. And you can mm-hmm. pick up anything that is near your reticule except cred sticks. Your reticule has to be exactly on it. Mm-hmm. And that is not how other objects are. What are they doing? Why are they driving me crazy like this? I, I, need, I need that to be changed.
0: Yeah, they're usually in lockers and there's usually a bunch of crap around it that you have to carefully line up the, the reticule to be able to pick it up. Again, it is not worth that 0.5 seconds it takes to line up the circle it's ex- it, because yeah. you should just pick up the weapon off the guy you just killed if, if you have enough i mean the nice thing about creds are they don't weigh anything but still i mean what, what do you sell a, a a rare weapon for a, a thousand credits? i don't even know i
1: i'm around
0: 600 if it's like is it only 600
1: yeah, I mean, it, depend, it depends, because actually the rarity only affects the price a bit. It's really like how many mods it mm. has on it that, that drives the cost up. Because I actually... Really? Yeah, I'll, I'll do this thing. Did not know that. Yeah, if I, if I don't want to think too hard about my gameplay, a lot of the mm-hmm. times, like what I've been doing with my latest character is I will go through and clean out my inventory by... Uh, I'll, I'll sort my weapons by ammo type. Hmm. Okay. And then for each for each ammo type, I will keep one weapon for every ammo type. I can, yes. I can carry a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will actually just keep whatever the most expensive gun is because the cost of the gun will take into account, you know, the traits it has, the mods and the the rarity. Mm-hmm. It takes all that into account. And I've, I find that a lot of times my legendary guns get sold. Most people are not playing that way because you might have a gun that you really like for certain things. This is just when I don't even want to think about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'll just keep the most expensive gun. It, it's, it's like what we talked about last time about letting go, right? I already know I'm not settling down yet. I know I'm going to be going through the Unity again soon, so I'm just not really caring mm-hmm. uh, you know, to really make sure I have the right gun.
0: It's like wearing green shoulder pads on your Warlock character in World of Warcraft. I need explanation. And worrying about trying to get epic gear when you're level 25. Right. And the end game is at 60 or it's at 70 or it's at 80. Yep. You should not give a flying F about... Any gear, unless there's all sorts of players, there's raiding players or raid parties that raid at low level and they want epic gear. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for the general player, it's like, don't even sweat it. Just get by with what you got until you're kind of in the end game. Yeah. That's one philosophy, at least.
1: Speaking of legendary gear, this is, uh, this is your weekly shout out for the Discord. If you haven't joined, click on the link. Yep. If you're listening to this, just look at the show notes. Click on the link because... It's full of amazing, awesome people that are playing Starfield and talking about it. And we got an amazing tip from DJ Seaway. Mm-hmm. They were talking about loot and legendary items, and there is a guaranteed way of obtaining legendary weapons. So you go to a
0: vendor. Oh, I did see this,
1: yes. Yeah, you go to a vendor like Trade Authority or whatever. Sometimes provisioners on Planet Outposts will have this. Basically, you just go to to buy stuff and go to notes, the notes category. I never check this, because I'm like, what the, What do they have? Like, Who cares, usually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll have, they call it mineral surveys, abandoned shipments, and directions to loot locations. So apparently when you take one of these notes and, and read it, you buy it, you gotta buy it, and then read it. Mm-hmm. It will give you an objective marker to a loot container and inside will be like a legendary weapon. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: That is an amazing tip. If you're unlucky with the roll and you're just not finding a weapon that you like, you could just go do this over and over until you find one, right? Yeah. That's actually a, a brilliant tip, and you would get amazing weapons, one that you may love and, and use for the rest of the game. If you've just done New Game Plus or if you've just started
1: a new character, like right. what a great way. You
0: need a good weapon. Yeah,
1: what a great way to just get mm-hmm. started.
0: Absolutely. DJ Seaway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's There's a lot going on in that name, so hopefully I said it correctly. Michael, you know what I
0: could use in my life? What could you use in your life? Way more screens. Oh, I yeah. love me some screens. As a matter of fact, do you like screens? Because if you do,
1: yeah, I love screens. Anytime I read a some scientific study about how we should have less
0: screens, I say, I say nay to that. Exactly, I say more. So, if you want more screens in your life, you can get the computer hab for your ship. And you know, I mean, it's just pretty stuff to look at, they don't really do anything, yeah. Hey, it's sometimes it's about the role-playing and it looks cool. Yeah. And so what
1: I like about this is, you know, a lot of people, sometimes I'll see uh, people say, why this hab is supposed to be shipment and why don't I have more storage? Uh, You know, there are ways to put more storage on your ship. The habs are all about the look of your ship, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all about like, again, Bam, role play, that's what we're talking about. It's all about role play. TARS Endurance on the No Sodium Starfield subreddit, they pointed this out and they took a picture. And I love it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Alien films. It does. It reminds me of like Star Wars and Aliens and it's it's just that very like a bunch of screens with data and on it and and uh, I really like it.
0: It looks like this would be real computer equipment on the International Space Station. Yeah all the readings maybe a little bit more advanced yeah it's modular so it looks like it would stack into racks it's just very well designed
1: yeah it's it's a cool look definitely check it out i will actually put a link to this in our show notes as well so check that out uh it's just a cool Mm -hmm. yeah it's a cool look if you want that
0: for your ship yeah and if you're into cool looks you can go look at some cool stuff at a museum right i love the united colonies museum
1: and i, and I was gonna say uh, you know what i love about the united colonies is how they're not biased at all right <laughs> when you do that mission and you go down into the united colonies museum
0: mm-hmm.
1: boy take uh andresia because the her reactions. she's
0: got some commentary <laughs> yeah.
1: When you get to the section where they talk about House Varun, she's just like, she's basically like rolling her eyes at like everything that's going on that they're saying about House (laughs) Varun. And in fact, I think at, at one point, like halfway through, she's just like, she basically checks out. She's like, I don't, I don't. I don't want to talk about this anymore <laughs> and I was I was actually hoping for more commentary and she was just done like that was it
0: Andresia you worship a snake okay yeah. let's, let's just put this into uh you know let's let's be real let's real talk yeah thank you <laughs> yeah
1: it, it's funny because I'm definitely on that side of like yeah house of Arun, uh not gonna lie does sound pretty crazy <laughs> But um, mm-hmm. that's why I would love—I uh, would love some House Varun DLC and clarify some of that stuff. And they're like, "Well, it's not a literal snake."
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely have an entire section of lore that they could use for that for future DLC. So if they're looking, I mean, there's no shortage of story elements they could use for DLC. But House Varun—I mean, there's some meat there that they could work with.
1: When you go to the UC Museum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it it shows like the section of the Free Star Collective and it has the, the different armors. So they have like the armor of just, you know, the Free Star Collective, uh, you know, like the deputies and whatnot. They have the first outfit as well. And then they have like the hoodie look from the, the disciples. And this is definitely one of those things I wouldn't have noticed the first time playing, but now, mm-hmm. yeah, they're pointing out why, why is this here? It's not a military uniform, it's just a gang.
0: It's kind of their little backhanded compliment towards the Freestar Collective basically associating them with right. a gang. Is it <laughs> well, not? Right. Like, def- Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even
1: call it a compliment, but it's definitely backhanded. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what's funny, too, is like the UC does not hold in high regard the Freestar Collective. So, yeah, it's very funny that they would be like, eh, let's throw that up there, too like a bunch of bunch of criminals it's a revisionist history yeah it's yeah it's so interesting um that that's what's that's what's interesting about this whole like they have these different sides the uc like there's good and bad from the uc and there's good and bad from the freestar although i don't is there anything really bad about freestar i mean definitely they both committed war crimes (laughs)
0: <laughs> it seems I'm not far enough into the story i just was introduced to freestar collective and uh, opted to not right like pursue that path yet just because i had too many other things i didn't sometimes when you di- diversify your stories too much you forget oh yeah. what's going on because there's so many hours in between different gameplay sessions I was like I'll save this one
1: yeah I, I find it mind-blowing when like I'll play a lot of a game And then I'll see people talking about an aspect of the story or something that happened or a certain character. And I'm like, who is that? Like, what what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, did I see that? And sometimes, yeah, I saw it. It's just I did so much within a short period of time that, like, it's kind of a blur.
0: Yeah. No, Barrett is actually a major... Person, you didn't know about this? <laughs> He's like an actual character in the game. Barrett? He's with Constellation. You didn't know about Barrett? Who is that? Barrett. <laughs> Who's Barrett? No, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I've met Barrett yet. Is he,
1: like, hmm. is that late game? Well, you're in for a <laughs> is treat. Is that a late game character?
0: <laughs> it can be for some.
1: Yeah. Now I'm wondering if it's possible to just come out of the mine, like where you first meet Barrett, like right away, come out of the mine and just run into the wilderness and start the game that way.
0: You know, it's weird that you brought that up because I saw a story in passing and I don't know the details. Essentially, someone did exactly that and they avoided joining Constellation completely. Oh, it was a YouTube video. That's funny. So, yeah, I saw a thumbnail for a YouTube video that basically said how to avoid Constellation completely. And it showed Barrett landing in the thumbnail. I didn't watch it, but I'm assuming that you could do exactly that. You could just basically (laughs) turn tail and run. That's funny. Um, You can't kill, you know, the major characters. Yeah. I was thinking about going and playing Fallout New Vegas, a game where you can kill everybody and then implementing a kill everybody gameplay mode where I just literally kill everything I see. And I wanted to see how far I could get and what that game would be like. Right. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can avoid, con- I mean, it, now that you know how to play the game, all you have to do in that scene is, well, you still need to get the Constellation to leave, right? Or could you just go wander and hope a ship lands and then steal that ship? I'm trying to remember because I. Pirate ship. Can you steal the pirate ship in that first scene? Part of me doubts it because. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember that there are quite a few, like, little tutorial moments in that opening. Yeah. But that would be amazing if you could. And one of my favorite mods of all time on Star- on Skyrim mm-hmm. was the alternate start mod, which just lets you start the game as a random, not, or not always random, like it would, you could choose, you could let it be random. A
0: frost wolf. Well, yeah. <laughs> you start as a frost wolf in White Run, and then you get killed by a a uh, wanderer. <laughs> right. Yeah, you could say I was left for dead in the woods or
1: I was I'm a prisoner, mm. you know, being let out of this prison or you know, you could I'm a farmer, or whatever. You would have tons of choices and having an alternate start mod for Starfield is something that I am very much looking forward to. Yeah. Cuz it's just a massive universe, so being able to start
0: in uh wherever would be Awesome. And speaking of mods, uh, as spotted by Reddit user Terabit, the Steam change list for Starfield has been updated with new code base branches. What does that mean? It means that the changes show that a creation kit beta is being prepped for those in Bethesda Gameworks Studios verified creator program, Michael. Wow, that was a mouthful. That's
1: a, that a lot. You just said a lot of things, mm-hmm.
0: but said a lot of
1: things this is good this is this means that they've got like you know a, a list of some of their favorite content creators for um y- you know actual like mods and stuff like that and they're going wait a to, minute wait
0: a minute where who, who's on this list and how do they know about are these people that made mods for fallout 4 or fallout that 3 would be or, my
1: guess my guess is
0: that or it's, skyrim
1: yes I, okay. I, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that it, it is those people that have made some of the most popular mods or, or not just mods, but like mods for creation kit, you know, that would be, mm-hmm. that would be my guess. And so I'm sure that right. they were reached out to and, you know, hey, are you playing Star Maybe it's,
0: it's the uh, community manager once again. The one that we've never heard from.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of our patrons did mention, probably if we reached out to the community manager, maybe we would hear something or maybe we could even get oh, yeah. an interview, that would be cool. So we do wanna you know, kind of build on that uh, going forward and build on
0: this community yeah, and yeah. the podcast. No, but, it'd be fun. We should yeah. definitely get uh, that person in. I'd love to pepper them with some, some questions about yeah. the creation kit and whatever else.
1: Yeah, we talk about mods and stuff, and, and actually, I want to bring this up because I I spoke to one of our Discord members, also a patron. You know, they were saying, "Hey, look, I'm an Xbox player. I can't put mods on on Xbox as of now. I'm only playing vanilla." Mm-hmm. And one thing that was that we sort of noticed uh, this this person and I. Uh, is that sometimes you'll go onto a forum or you'll go on the Discord and you're you're saying how do I do this in the game? And you're talking about the game itself, vanilla, no mods. And and you'll be saying how do I do this? I want to do this. And they're like, well, you can get this mod; it makes it easier. You can do this, and, th-. and it's like, stop. I'm not on PC. And even if you are on PC, some PC players don't want mods. They don't want to like mm-hmm. break their game every time it it. You know gets updated right for that person after talking about it we were like okay we need a section in our discord for mods and that way like it's kind of a nice spot if you're looking for mods there's the place to talk about it here's my yeah. here's my point is that the creation kit going into beta soon is so great for people that are on console Mm-hmm. Because we don't have mods, this will be the, the start of being able to add little things into Starfield piece by piece. Right. And, and generally, these are things like, you know, we talk about mods can break your game sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Generally, if it's in the creation club, it's been vetted and tested and, right. and it's generally safe
0: yeah it's it's made by a proven developer who has a track record of making mods that work yeah i think one of the biggest mods for xbox users or just anybody playing starfield is going to be ui improvements and inventory management yep there are some good ones currently out on pc and apparently that quality of life change is is massive
1: yeah, because I I generally I like to mod stuff up, but a lot of times I, I don't like stuff that breaks the canon of the game.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so a lot of times I'm like, eh, I don't need mods, I don't need mods. And then I when I see those UI improvements, I'm like, oh, I I, I can't wait to get that. Like that's awesome. Right. Like especially the inventory management. There's there's uh, definitely a lot of improvements that can be made there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Just a PSA. I think that when a console user is asking questions about the game, um, mm-hmm. don't be that person that says, "Just get a PC. Why don't you get a PC? Why do you play on console?" Because that's really, yeah, that's really obnoxious.
0: It is, and usually they're still in, uh, you know, middle school. It's during school hours, so you got to <laughs> wait till they, you know, after school hours before you. <laughs> approach them with the pc question oh man it's so oh wait that's not what you meant at all that's was not it? What I i'm meant. so no. sorry no. i miss i misread okay i apologize <laughs> go go ahead keep going
1: <laughs> but yeah it's like number one pcs are often more expensive but not only that like uh, a lot of people just want to sit on the couch and relax and there's so many reasons like don't assume you know the reason someone's on console and not on pc because there's a lot of different reasons to play on console.
0: Absolutely, don't console shame. Look, I have a console, I have at least three or four of them, to be honest, and I do play them, you're right. Like, what's better than kicking back on the couch, just throwing on Grand Theft Auto for a while, and kicking back with the controller, or, it's a completely different play style for me, mm-hmm. and one is not better than the other, it's just different. And
1: don't get me wrong, like, you and I, you and I like to talk about the differences between the two, and like, the, The pros and cons of each one. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, actually, so you know that I generally play on Xbox. Right. But now that the game has been updated with FS... What is it? FSR 3.0? Right. For PC, not not on console. So the Mm -hmm. console does not get this. And who knows if it ever will? Because I don't know if FSR 3 has been... You know, enabled for Xbox or whatever.
0: Yeah. Doesn't the Xbox use the AMD chipset for the graphics processor? It it does. Use the Radeon. Yeah. Yeah. So the FSR, you know, to put it in layman's terms, is like the uh what was it again? It's where they so so they will improve the resolution.
1: Yeah. Is that it? It basically improves the frame rate by faking the resolution. So Basically, instead of like uh, natively 4K, mm-hmm. it will sort of like output the game at like 1440 or, or 10, maybe even 1080. Uh, and then it will upscale it to 4K. So it ends up looking right. It's and it's way more complicated than what I just described. But what it means mm-hmm. is that it makes it look like a higher resolution than it is. But while running the game, like making it easier for your computer to run the game. Xbox, I believe, is up to FSR 2.0. Yeah. I don't know if they're gonna get 3.0 uh, or when it will happen or whatever, but my point is you know, I'm a console player, mm-hmm. and hearing about FSR 3 has actually got me wanting to break out my little gaming laptop that I've got.
0: Right. Yeah, you should try it just to see the difference. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. I mean, and likewise, I should boot up my 360 and see if I can get Starfield to, <laughs> to run. <laughs> just kidding. I don't have a Series S or a Series X. I do want one, though.
1: You're going to need FSR 7.0, for which does not exist. To
0: upscale from potato <laughs> resolution.
1: It's gonna It'll upscale from 360p. That's that's why it would, that's why it's called the Xbox 360 because it
0: it'll render at 360p. No, it's called the 360 because you turn all the way around when, what was it? What was that meme? Yeah, that's the 2010. Yeah, it's the, 2010?
1: Yeah, it like the green text from from 4chan. It was like, uh, the, you know, why they call the the Xbox 360 because when you see it you turn 360 degrees and walk away. And then, every yeah, everyone's like, 360 degrees means you would turn around all the way. That's
0: facing the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's funny. It's doubly funny.
1: I saw someone took that meme. They had a little animated Michael Jackson where he does his little spin and then he moonwalks <laughs> away. So he is facing it. Uh, and, and he still walks away.
0: So, it, yeah, it works. That's great. Remember the... The, uh, was it Sega had that Michael Jackson thriller game? Was it thriller or what was it called? Oh my God. Was it, well, I remember they had a dance
1: space channel five dancing game, but I don't know if Michael Jackson was, No,
0: there's, there's a 2d side-scrolling Michael Jackson game where you're like moonwalking and, uh, doing oh, dance moves to like take out bad guys. It
1: was called moonwalker. Michael Jackson's moonwalker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that oh so we need a 3d
0: version of that
1: okay okay i looked your
0: attack is a moonwalk (laughs) and like a i'm doing the hee hee thing where i'm grabbing you know
1: my belt area you know what's funny is (laughs) and pointing you brought that up and i i looked up a screenshot of michael jackson's moonwalker and i'm pretty sure that's where like the meme animation i was just talking about i'm pretty sure it came from this game
0: yeah that's why i brought it up okay 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 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: Oh man, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Where's our remake of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker?
0: Mm -hmm. It should be called Annie Is Not Okay and you like (laughs) rescue Annie. (laughs) It has
1: been long enough.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba da ba ba ba. Well, should we get into some listener feedback? Yeah, I think we should. Okay.
1: Yeah, listener feedback was good this week. It's interesting to hear from the people that not only agree with us, but also disagree with us on certain things. Mm -hmm. I think it's always very healthy when we talk about game preservation. And, you know, last week I talked about just, you know, letting go, letting go of like games that get delisted and, and that are unavailable mm-hmm. whenever we come at a subject like that obviously i'm only going to be thinking about a few different aspects somebody had mentioned okay let me see if it's here
0: i expect exhaustive research and cited works michael whenever you bring <laughs> up a subject okay that, so, let me from... tell you
1: that's just not gonna happen we got a comment from team november where they said has the conversation on game preservation finally led us to play the Nihilism card as a last resort. Mm. And (laughs) I I found that very interesting. They said, uh, thankfully, I've never left my game discs in a hot car or put them against a magnet. Mine stay in a case on a nice little shelf. Sure.
0: They're Nihilist, Donnie.
1: (laughs) They're Nihilist. By the way, let me just say that Big Lebowski is a movie that I could probably watch once a week for the rest of my life if i were allowed to like like if that's I, your
0: desert island movie it is absolutely i i might be in the same boat honestly it's it's fantastic it's got everything it's got humor it's got intrigue <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a classic
1: there's been so many times where i'm, I'm just working on something
0: like if i'm working mm-hmm. on photos and just
1: editing photos i'll just put on that movie anyway
0: did you ever see rain man with uh tom cruise and dustin, dustin hoffman? hoffman i've, I've seen most of it. Everything is like, it's about a hundred dollars. It's about a hundred dollars. Everything's a hundred dollars. I think I haven't seen the movie in like 20 years, but Dustin Hoffman is autistic and he's gifted mathematically. Yeah. But like socially, can't interact with people. Dustin Hoffman in that movie is always like, it's about a hundred dollars. How much is a car, Ray? It's about a hundred dollars. How much is uh, <laughs> you know, an egg salad sandwich? It's about a hundred dollars. It's like you going through your life, you're just hey man, nice marmot. You're just constantly saying (laughs) over in your head, like over and over, big Lebowski lines. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but you're just... Okay,
1: I see what you're saying.
0: As you live your life minute by minute, it's just big Lebowski lines coming through your head. (laughs) So... It does happen. There's a few lines.
1: If somebody starts like talking about legal things anytime someone starts explaining something too much like something that they're not quite an expert like I just did yeah <laughs> no but then I always think of the line like what are you a park ranger now like <laughs> <laughs> yeah forget about the freaking marmot. Oh. yeah <laughs> So back to nihilism, Mm -hmm. yeah, Team November makes this point. They say, I I keep my games on the shelf, and if something bad happens to them, I can just go to the local game exchange place and buy another copy for cheap. So I'm not totally disagreeing with that. I am a little bit because many games that are physical games are very hard to find. Mm -hmm. And if they are hard to find, you can't get another copy for cheap. It's going to be very expensive on
0: eBay. And those retail stores are going away. We used to have like these little cool game shops that had vintage games and stuff. Yeah. I have not seen one of those in a while. Like yeah. I, I know there was one in my town and I don't think it's there anymore. It's sad because some of my favorite memories were going to,
1: yeah, the little game shops and used games and and just browsing. I would I, I would take home games that I knew nothing about. I would just based off Mm -hmm. of the cover
0: alone. How many times did that do you wrong, though? That was my method for buying Nintendo games and in 1987. It was like, wow, that's a really cool cover. 30 minutes later, after (laughs) I biked home from a 12-mile ride from the mall, and I finally get it in my Nintendo, and I'm like, this is the worst game ever. 3D World Runner? Oh, man. Okay, look up 3D World Runner. That was such a buzzkill. And there was a Broader Bun game that I got. Man, i got to find the title, but... I it feel... looked so cool on the box. I had like this cool guy holding a sword and a castle and I got it home and it was like this game's a disaster.
1: Yeah, I feel like you could be done wrong really badly on on NES games because there were so mm-hmm. many that were total
0: garbage, poor quality. Yeah, yeah. so I... much for that stamp of approval, liar.
1: <laughs> the seal. <laughs> the
0: Nintendo seal. Oh. That's basically yeah, we'll print money here.
1: It'll run. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't as bad in like the PlayStation era. So I'm thinking about like when I got out of high school, we would go and get PlayStation games. Occasionally, you would get one that wasn't great. I don't remember ever getting a game that was total garbage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you want to talk about a really random weird game, let's see if you've ever heard about of this game. There was a game called Stretch Panic. Mm. This was one of those weird games you just would not see a game like this today it was Hmm. you were this little girl with a scarf that was like a shadow that was like a claw and you would run around and you could grab things in the world and stretch them like that was Hmm. that was the game and it was just very bizarre and and you don't see experimental games like that much
0: it's like a bionic commando clone but more stylistic. Yeah. cuz you had this peripheral device to interact with the world with and you could help solve puzzles basically to improve your progression, right?
1: Yeah, it was it was like that and this was when PlayStation was the first console I think to have the the sticks, the analog sticks, and it was such a big deal because it was like, "Oh, you have such perfect control over movement."
0: Mhm. It's no longer just on and off. You now have yeah. A full graph of movement.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, it's like not up, down, left, right. But anyway. A B B A. This is what we were saying. Even if you leave your game on a shelf, things are deteriorating
0: over time. That's not even the point in my mind. The point is get over it. Like Yeah, yeah. Even if you have it on your shelf, look listen, I collected in television games. It got to a point where I was never going to take them off the shelf, take the cartridge out and insert it into the console and play Snafu or whatever game it was, right? Yeah. Because I, like we said before, I moved on mentally from 8-bit graphics or, you know, Atari-style graphics. I moved on from 16-bit. I, I moved on from Doom and Unreal and, you know, all these different games. The Dark Knight, uh or dark forces Jedi Knight 2. Yeah. Um all these games that were instrumental in forming who I am as a gamer. That's all water under the bridge. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's there's a space. Look, right behind me as as I'm speaking, I have Mortal Kombat in arcade form. I do like to go back and revisit specific games. Right. It's not nihilism. It's just moving forward. Yeah instead of sitting in the same spot. So I I do want to also say, by contrast, because with
1: this comment, I'm sort of just reinforcing my original statements, but I also want to point out that Dayhiker42 in our Discord kind of showed me, you know, a different perspective in that there are certain games, and I think this fits perfectly with what you just said about having Mortal Kombat, you know, on the arcade behind you. Dayhiker42 talked about the game Mech Warrior and how Mech Warrior 2 in 1995 that there just isn't any more games like it. Mm. I think it's easy to move on when you have other games that are similar to games in the past. In this regard, I agree with Dayhiker42. It's like sometimes you just keep going back to an old game. I, I know that, like, I've got games on my iPhone, instead of getting a new game, I would rather play this game from ten years ago again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain games that are just so much fun.
0: Flappy Bird.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Flappy Bird. (laughs) For me lately, it's it's been XCOM again. So like XCOM is a great game Mm. that you can play just about anywhere.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know that was on mobile.
1: Yeah, it and you know what? It's a little clunky to use, but it's like the
0: perfect game for like when I have just a little bit of free time in between stuff. We had a comment from Willia 451 on our YouTube channel says, not worried about losing the stuff if I NG+. Your level, skills, and research that follows you are more important anyways. But I do worry about losing Andresia when I leap into a new universe. What if she's not there or radically different? She's the reason I play Starfield. The one time I've NG+, the first thing I did was take the shortest path available to get back to her. And thankfully she was there and the same person as before. Otherwise, I wouldn't have most likely just uninstalled and stopped. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting statement, though, because in Baldur's Gate 3, for example, the animations and story make you feel more attached to the characters. I think this comment completely. So this comment stands in contrast to that because this player is willing to or is worried about um that's you know they're not worried about their ships their credits or anything like that they're worried about the story and the character because the game has done a good job of making them feel for their character and i think you and i have talked about it like me with with sarah as my main companion yeah you had sarah as a companion early on as well and the game does a good job of at least for me making you care about that character further
1: reinforces our point that they have made characters in this game that People really, really care about. Um, it's it's actually really fascinating. And it's one of those things where, my God, if we were ever able to get these voice actors, any one of them, uh, onto our podcast to interview them, I would absolutely like, I would have to be like, okay, I don't want to make this weird or awkward, but I do want to ask, like, how do you feel about the fact that you play a character that like some players are falling in love with that character? Like we are connecting with video game mm-hmm. characters now, like more than ever. And um, it's it's really fascinating. Like I think it's just mm-hmm. such a an interesting thing And, um, I don't, I don't think there's any shame in it. You know, we read books and watch movies and fall in love with those characters, but like video games make it so much more. It's so direct.
0: And you're spending two hours or less in a feature film and you can fall in love with a character in a feature film. Yeah, A book is a little bit longer. You might spend, depending on how fast you read it, you know, a week or longer living with that character. A video game, I yeah. mean, you could spend years and hundreds, if not thousands of hours with that same character. So it's kind of on a different level. And this this is beginning to sound very stalkerish. The reality is with that much time invested in a character, it's inevitable that you're gonna have feelings for.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in a weird way. In
0: a weird way, yeah.
1: In my experience, there's like a graph. It starts to go This up. is a photograph.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> Look at this grass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at this giraffe. Look at this
1: grass. Uh, for me, it's this bell curve of like the first time I played, getting to know the characters, getting to know them, and then being like, "Whoa, I really care about these characters," and like to the point where like I cannot do new game plus. I cannot abandon these people. And then the and then the more I play. Mm-hmm the bell curve starts to go down again where I'm just like, oh, okay, it's a game, it's a game, it's a game. But there definitely, it was like that first month of playing the game, it was like, whoa, these are my friends. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's the major storyline in the game Yeah, compels you to either do ENG Plus or don't do it. Yep. Me personally, yep. I now have an additional reason to go ahead and go through and do that for this for Willia 451 man I get it yeah
1: I totally get it Skyrim had some great characters but it was really funny how they did marriage like uh, you put on this necklace and man which you, you can get married to like one of many many people it was such a non thing in this they make it a huge thing I think the first time they really that Bethesda really started making characters that I loved was Fallout 4 honestly like I think mm-hmm. Nick Valentine.
0: Preston. I mean, who doesn't love <laughs> Preston. Preston?
1: You know what's... Okay, but here's what's funny. So I, my favorite characters obviously are Nick Valentine and Piper. Like those two characters are awesome. Mm-hmm. See, you said Preston and I was thinking someone else, but now I know who you're talking about. Yeah,
0: Oh. another settlement. Oh, are you talking about... Uh,
1: dancing. Dancing?
0: Who's dancing?
1: Who's the Brotherhood of Steel guy? Oh. I think it's Dance.
0: Something like that. that.
1: Paladin Dance. So I was thinking of Paladin Dance and he's such a like, military guy mm-hmm. even though to to me he's like a little derpy like sort of military guy but he's still a great character because he seems so rigid and boring at first but if you get to know him like there is this kind of multi-layered character to him
0: interesting yeah i've never gotten to know him beyond uh, the missions a, a small and, amount yeah that makes sense though
1: bethesda really started to make great characters i think with fallout 4 mm-hmm. and they just really really upped their game with Starfield and you can see it in these comments this character is important to me right to the point where if I can't find her I don't want to play
0: I can't go on in life
1: (laughs) to me that it's yeah I can't live I'm like well I can still if
0: living is without you
1: it's like I can still play the game I mean
0: right you can separate reality from fiction huh
1: I try I try my best
0: (laughs) I try Uh, I mean
1: We'll talk about it someday. I really want to have an episode. Once you've finished the game, I want to have an episode Mm -hmm. where we just really dive into it. You just talked about like separating reality and fiction. The day after I beat the game, not that I can't separate it, but for a whole day or two, I could not stop thinking about the game. It was hard for me to go to work Mm. and just concentrate. I just had so much to think about.
0: Yeah. That's every day for me because I just hate <laughs> my work. So, it's, uh, <laughs> no, not really. I kid. I'm thinking about Starfield. I had to call in sick.
1: Well, there's one more comment that I wanted to address and I had no idea this one was also from Team November until now. So, congrats, Team November. You're getting featured a lot.
0: You do make some <laughs> interesting points. It's more like Team April. I, wait, what, what month are we in? February? February. Team February. Team February. Yeah.
1: They talk about Bethesda having a pattern of disenfranchised fans just over time I I think I know what they're saying I'm not really going to address that but later in the comment they say that it's counterintuitive but I think Starfield could have resonated with more players if it had leaned into some of the more hardcore or simulator elements at its core instead of trying to water things down so much for mass appeal I mm-hmm. really like this comment because I do too. I, even though, like, I love Starfield, there's so many things that in development they were worried. They were like, "Oh, people are not going to like it if you have to take time to travel to a place the first time." Or like, like they 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 did so much for convenience that I think it hurt the game.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going to go a, a different route. I thought you were going to say it just if it, it the game felt watered down in terms of like it doesn't have an edge. Oh, yeah. Which we've talked about before. Like there's not a violent edge. There's not a, a, a sex edge, you know. Yeah. There's not really a sharp edge to the game in terms of it's a mature game, but it's not like the stuff you can do in Grand Theft Auto or some of these other M titles does this game feels like a PG, right?
1: Right. You know, or a, yeah,
0: a kids game comparatively and I, speaking. I agree. I thought you were going to go there, but you're you're saying yeah, it's game elements.
1: Team November here is talking about like sim- simulator elements in the gameplay, and having just a little bit more of a hardcore edge to the gameplay itself. I think gotcha. I think some things were done for convenience. They should have done where the f- first time you go to a new system Mm -hmm. it should just make you do all the you know throwing the switch sitting down in the pilot seat throwing all the switches going into hyperdrive Mm -hmm. you should have to do all that stuff the first time you go to a system and then like only once you've discovered a place let you fast travel to it
0: I 100% agree with you. We did a video on a game called Sub Rove, R-O-V. Right. And this is a authentic deep sea simulator
1: kind of thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: In that game, in order to do anything, you had to press the buttons in the right order. Oh, yeah. But somehow that made it super rewarding to finally accomplish those tasks. And then the next time you did it, you kind of, you know, you get a little better at remembering the sequence and the things you had to do in order to deep dive in this, in this, uh, ROV or whatever it was. So I I think you're right. I think if they did that in Starfield, take the time in the first five hours of the game to make you go step-by-step and then give you that option moving forward to always do it or to never do it again, if you hate it, but it would make it feel less like you're getting out of an elevator. And you're experiencing a new box and then you're leaving that box going into the next room, which is another box, new Atlantis. Yeah. And then you're exiting that box and you're going to a planet. Everything just kind of felt a little, I guess, disconnected or not, not connected in a way that doing those mundane things would have really helped. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, you know, to get back to my other point, I think they should have made it edgier and they still can. I think uh, it got a little too caught up in what some of these large corporations are dealing with right now, which is very, you know, trying to appease everybody. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you try to please everybody, you don't please anybody. Yeah. So absolutely. You might as well do what Baldur's Gate did and, you know, just go hardcore and, you know, hope, hope that, It resonates.
1: You know, we're on record as being more inclusive and that's not what we're talking about. No, not at all. But yeah, like what we're talking about is like gameplay wise. Yeah, just trying to like make it fit for everyone. And it's just like, don't, don't do that. It's a space exploration game. Just make it, just make it full space exploration. The people that want that are going to be playing the game.
0: If it's M, make it full M. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my beef.
1: I do want to jump on a couple comments that are directly on our Patreon page for the last episode. Yeah. First off, Illness really appreciated, Dwayne, that you made a Say It Ain't So reference. <laughs> he, he caught your, your Weezer Say It Ain't So reference.
0: Nice. I'm glad at least one person <laughs> caught that. And
1: yeah. You and I, when we're in, when we're recording... Sometimes I'm completing a thought, you're you're saying something, and you'll you'll drop these little references, and sometimes I won't catch them until the edit, mm-hmm. which
0: is really funny. Like, I'll be in the edit, and I'll go, oh,
1: wow, that's funny.
0: That's been my whole problem is, in life, is that no one knows I'm funny until like a day later, and it's too late by then. <laughs> <too> so late. <laughs> I never got the date with the girl, because she's like, you know, she'll wake up at 4 a.m. and be like, oh, my God, that was totally funny. Oh, now I get it. In my dreams, <laughs> actually, yeah, you know, in reality, it just never, never happened. Wasn't funny at the time, and it wasn't funny later. It worked on one girl, okay, <laughs> for the record. <laughs>
1: for the record, let the record show. In talking about some of the things that have been implemented in this game, Space Cadet on our Patreon page said that the addition of the photo mode. Implementing it into loading screens and and just all of that is one of the best upgrades that Starfield has brought to Bethesda games.
0: I I agree. We take it for granted, but it's an amazing tool.
1: Okay, look, I'm not expecting this, so I don't want anyone to get too excited. But oh my God, if they bring photo mode to the update of Fallout 4 that's coming this year, Mm. again, I'm not expecting it. But if they do, Mm -hmm. I will waste so much time
0: taking pictures in Fallout. (laughs) There's a lot of photo uh, moments in that game. Yeah,
1: But yeah, it it does make me excited for the next Elder Scrolls game because I can guarantee they're going to implement photo mode there as well. Mm -hmm. So that'll be nice. I, I agree, Space Cadet. And then finally, one more comment we've got from Cherry Bomb RN. She says that she usually has a problem of letting go of game progress but with Starfield, it hasn't been difficult for her. So she's still continuing in her gameplay. She's keeping her skills. And she says that that's what's important to, to her. And then she actually enjoys seeking out the items that she's had in previous games that she loves. So it's it's like she calls it a scavenger mm-hmm. hunt. So she's talking about the ecliptic Claymore 3 or like funny coffee mugs. Right. Yeah, it's interesting to see that she has turned the search of those items each time she does new G- new game plus she's turned that into sort of a meta game mm-hmm. so that's kind of fun
0: yeah I could see that really
1: appreciate those comments from the from the patrons keep them coming
0: yeah and if you want to join our patreon see the link in our description and for as low as a dollar a month you can get ad free podcasts from us yep And you get it early, too. You'll
1: get it early before everyone else. Mm
0: -hmm. If you want to become a companion, you can get a T-shirt, right? Yeah, there's a T-shirt coming. You also get a super secret episode from Michael and Dwayne.
1: Yeah, honestly, for $5 a month, which is getting you four episodes, that's four episodes every month, you're also getting the bonus episode. And we've, we've got a bonus episode coming up real soon, and we had one in January, and where we actually have your questions being asked on our Patreon page, and then we're gonna answer your questions. In fact, some of the questions are so good that have been posted already.
0: Oh, tease one right now.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Because I have not, I do not have access to, to the account.
1: Yeah, here's a great question that was posted on our Patreon for the upcoming bonus episode. Illness asked, so what if we get an update where we can rebuild Vasco, basically. Ooh. This reminds me of the robot building that you can do in the Fallout DLC.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say you can choose a skill tree and it, you know, Vasco's basic usefulness, whether it's bullet absorbing tank, sniper, medic, hauler, heavy gunner, well-rounded. And the best part is, you can control how his parts look and his colors.
0: That would be dope. What
1: type of robot would you build? First off, this is an amazing idea. I would love this DLC so much, mm-hmm. but yeah, we can't we can't talk about it because nope. this is for the bonus episode. Got to just tease it out.
0: Yep. Oh, I got a lot to say about this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I do too, and and we are going to be covering this very soon uh, before the end of the month. Yeah, for five dollars a month you can be a booster on our patreon and get access to this upcoming episode and the uh every single bonus episode that we've done so far and that we're going to do
0: true true but hey if you want to be really cool then you can be a companion yeah such as uh space cadet rampage american x cherry bomb griffin ben price and zegra rocks they're the they're the companions. So <laughs> they
1: are amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to give a big shout out to one of our brand new members of the Patreon, Lycos. So Lycos, thank you so much for joining.
0: Welcome. Yeah. Hey, it wasn't there a uh a search engine called Lycos? That's Late taking me back. That's kind of scratching a little brain yeah. uh thing in my head. Yep, nope,
1: you got it. Look. Yep, I looked it up. Lycos is a web search engine established in 1994.
0: I knew it. <laughs> yeah, that was back in the Netscape days, baby. Oh, I remember this. Oh, here's here's a throwback. GeoCities. Oh, I remember
1: GeoCities. Oh, you
0: do? Did you have a GeoCities uh Oh. We got to bring back
1: GeoCities. I, I wasn't old enough to have my own GeoCities page, but I sure remember that.
0: <laughs> nice. Thanks to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and thank you to those watching on YouTube. All links are provided in the show notes below. And an extra special thanks for all the
1: comments and feedback. If you've got a comment, suggestion, or an in-game story to share, you can leave a comment on our YouTube page, you can go to our Discord, wherever you can find us.
0: If you like the show and if you like the Lycos search engine, consider dropping a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. That would really help us out.
1: Also, you know, you can feature us on your GeoCities page.
0: Will you be my neighbor in GeoCities? Oh, can- see,
1: I don't even... Can you be neighbors? That's <laughs> Wow, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that was kind of the whole thing is like... And if you didn't visit the page, your driveway would turn to like overgrown... First, it was like paved, and then it would turn to like a dirt road, and then it would get like weeds on oh. it. And your house would look all dilapidated if, if you didn't like... Log in. That's funny. This
1: is already so much better than the metaverse.
0: Mm hmm. Agreed.
1: Well, thanks for traveling the starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because we will be back for more next week.
0: See ya.